The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. With so many people living longer, the fear of outliving your money becomes a reality for many of us. Will I be a financial burden? Will I outlive my money? How will I be remembered? My name is Neil Himmelstein, president of Main Street Planning Group. Please contact me by visiting MainStreetPlanningGroup.com. That's MainStreetPlanningGroup.com or call 631-647-4694. I will introduce you to strategies that will guarantee you will not outlive your money, that can guarantee you will not be a burden on your loved ones. Through a collaborative approach, we will uncover solutions that offer tax-efficient strategies, lifetime income, and legacy planning. Choice, organization, direction, and education. That is the code we stand behind. Contact MainStreetPlanningGroup.com. That's MainStreetPlanningGroup.com or call 631-647-4694. And listen to me every Friday at 3 p.m. as I host the Main Street Code for Financial Success right here on 103.9 LI News Radio. afternoon. Welcome to the Main Street Code for Financial Success. I'm your host, Neil Himmelstein. I'm here every Friday at 3 o'clock. If you miss an episode, you can always catch me on Apple or Spotify on the Main Street Code. And or go to my website, themainstreetcode.com, and you can find past episodes and catch up on things you may have missed. And we encourage you to call us with any of your life insurance needs, disability, long-term care. Uh, That's what we do. And annuities as well. And our code is choice, organization, direction, and education. And we work with hundreds of advisors across the United States, whether they're insurance advisors, uh, CPAs, attorneys, uh, in helping you with your financial plans and helping you put things together. And, you know, that's one of the things. If you don't have a financial team, let us help you put one together. And... I'm here with one of my financial team partners, Mr. Lauren Shearer, uh, attorney, um, LLM, JD. Say hello. Neil, thank you for having me on. I really much appreciate it. So Larry Shearer has been talking to me about this new thing, this Corporate Transparency Act, and I'm not seeing anything in the media about it or anything else, and I'm all freaked out because this is pretty major. And I would like you to t- tell everybody about it. Anybody that's in business, you need to know about this. This is a legit deal. Yeah, this is something that affects all 33 million small businesses in the United States. As of January 1st, a new law went into effect. It had been passed back in 2021. Nothing in the media until just now when they enforce it. You have 90 days for any new corporation to register all of its information regarding who the beneficial owners are. And if the business was formed before January 1st of 2024, you have until December 31st to do your compliance. Problem with compliance is if you're late, it's $500 a day penalty. Plus, if you do the if you don't do the filings on time and you just don't do them, you could be put in jail for two years. This is a Treasury Department um, new law, and it does deal with their criminal department reviewing all this information. So what kind of filing has to be done? Does an accountant do it? Does an attorney do it? Or, I mean, I mean it does, doesn't sound like it's very sophisticated, but... 
Well, it is um, it's, it's thorough. Any person with a 25% interest in a business has to have, and they call that a beneficial owner, has to have their information, basically date of birth, social security number, a photo ID from a valid government-issued, um, maybe driver's license, passport, or equivalent. All that information has to be um, put up on the government's um, portal. In addition, any person who has substantial control over the business, meaning a person who might have a, um, the ability to write checks, someone who makes the decisions as to what bank to use, they would also have to put all their information in. And the hardest part about this is if one of these beneficial owners moves, let's say they just wanted to be on the other side of the hallway in their apartment building, they have 30 days to notify, and if not, that penalty of $500 a day could uh, could apply. So let's say I have a business, but I'm going to work it from Florida, and I moved to Florida, and uh, I never did any filings. I mean, how many people do we know that's done that? Yeah. Um, well, there are certain exceptions. There are 23 exceptions to who has to file. Not-for-profits are clear. They don't have to. Governmental agents and agencies don't have to file. Inactive companies, that is a company that has done no activity since January 1st of 2020, does not have to file. Almost everybody else has to. If your business required a filing in order to be formed, such as a DBA form for a sole proprietor, um, a certificate of doing business as partners for a partnership, LLC, corporation, um, um, let's go limited partnerships, and these others, all these entities have to report. And there are millions of them, and most people don't know how to do this, and their accountants are being told, don't do this. The malpractice insurance that accountants have doesn't cover this. So most accounting firms are not gonna do this. And how many people deal with other professionals on a day-to-day basis? No, it, it, it's a huge deal. And, you know, little verbiage and little things that go on, I'd say this all the time, uh, can mess you up down the road. Or, or currently with major fines, criminal, you know, put in jail, just incidental things. And we talk about, you know, we have situations all the time where people will buy a life insurance policy, not look at it. They'll do a will. They'll do a trust. And... You know, we sat yesterday in a meeting, and and uh, people had a life insurance trust, and well, we can talk further about life insurance trust. But they took it out, you know, twenty, thirty years ago. I'm not sure of the language of the trust. I'm not sure. I did find a, a tax ID number for the trust. Uh, was it filed? Do they have a trust account that's supporting the policy? Nah, the attorney has passed away. We don't know where it is. But now these people are 80 years old, and this is very, very common in in your daily practice when you're doing elder law. And the problem is, and you know, people go to an attorney, or they go to an insurance professional, and they'll do a will, and then okay, I'm done. But what happens over time, Larry? Over time, your life changes. The your, documents don't. Yeah, your life changes. The laws change. Right. The tax laws change. And with all this, all this change, you have to be compliant and meet with, when you meet with Larry, you meet with myself, you want to at least meet annually and review the documents. It's very important. They have to be accurate. They have to be filed correctly. They have to be notarized. They have to be in a file. And I say this because people think they can do their own paperwork. 
I've had attorneys that say, oh, I'm going to draw my own life insurance trust. We just had an accountant that said, oh, I'm going to do... No, you're not. Because you make one little mistake and you don't take care of it and it and everything that you tried to do doesn't work later on. There's big taxes and your estate is destroyed or whatever it is. So this is why you need to pay attention to what Larry's saying today about this Corporate Transparency Act and he happens to be on the forefront as an expert who studied it and knows the law and wants to make sure that you are in compliance. And when you do this, you don't want to do it with anybody. You do want to do it with an attorney who really understands how these businesses work. Because there may be other things in your business thing that you may want to look at, such as we were talking the other day about a shareholder agreement. Okay, and we could talk a little bit about that, but we have a basic shareholder agreement, and what happened over time? Well, what happens over time in the shareholder agreement is they don't get together and modify. They don't, the shareholders, some die, some transition out of the business, and you're sitting with an agreement that doesn't make any sense uh, at the time that you need to do something. Right, and the valuation changes? This is one of the biggest problems with um, shareholder agreements. You have a formula. And very often in the old days, they used to say net book value. Well, net book, book value might be, I don't know, $100,000, $200,000 at the time they formed the company. And then the company's doing $8 million a year or $10 million a, uh, a year. And the value of the business is worth tremendously more than that. And when someone dies, you have someone says, here you go, here's 400000 <laughs> Right. You know, you know, thank you for your $5 million interest. I'll give you 400000 for it. And you end up in litigation. Right. And, and, and that's a huge problem. And, and this kind of stuff happens not, you know, not once in a while. It happens every day. Not just with that. With houses, with tenants in common, with, with every document you have, with your will or not will, or you can't find the will. All these things happen every day because people will set it and forget it. And guess what? That's where you can't use the internet to do these things. You can't use the internet to buy life insurance policies. You can't do this. We were working on a life settlement. We could talk about that. And basically, you don't want to call these 1-800-DIRECT companies. You really need to work with us to look at those things. And we'll talk about that right at the break. This time's flying by. I'm sorry. Uh, you're listening to the Main Street Code for Financial Success. I'm your host, Neil Himmelstein. I can be reached at 631 631- Six four seven four six nine four. And Larry, if they want to get a hold of you about this, how do they get a hold of you? Well, I'm in Garden City, and I can be reached by phone at 516-747-7007. And the name of your firm? Shearer and Pudell. Thank you very much. And we're going to be right back after the break and talk more about some of the things you need to do for your business and for your life. Thank you, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Main Street Code for Financial Success. If you missed the first part of the show, I'm here with Lawrence Shearer. Larry can be reached at 516-747-7007. I have it ingrained in my brain because Larry and I do a lot of work together. Uh, And because for the very purpose that I say, I like to have a financial team to help people. And there's a couple things that we've been working on lately quite a bit. And one of them is life insurance, irrevocable life insurance trust. Because when I grew up in the business, 
they would teach us about these irrevocable life insurance trusts for estate planning. It was this big, crazy, oh, I got to have a gazillion dollars. And so a lot of the insurance people out there are really not engaged with the people making 10 million plus on a regular basis. So they don't talk about life insurance trusts because they think that's only for the mega wealthy. But it's not. No, it's not. An irrevocable life insurance trust uh, is, is, is a kind of a tricky instrument, uh, but a very effective one. And one of the big things, and, and where I found a big use, is uh, it takes the ownership, and I'm not going to, Larry will give me the legal verbiage behind it, but it takes the ownership out of your hands and puts it in this trust thing, which is a third party, essentially. So it keeps the asset out of your estate and can give you unbelievable protection to where you want your assets to go after you pass, which we can talk about that. Yeah. So so let's talk about the life insurance trust. The life insurance trust does have those, those great tax benefits, meaning if I give up all of my ownership interest in the policy and put it into a trust, for three years it's still mine for tax purposes, but three years and one day from when I give up my ownership, it's not taxable in my estate. For those with wealthy clients, that's a great thing for you to look at because it's the only asset you don't get any benefit from during your life. Why should you pay tax at your death? Then in, uh, in addition, it also makes a fantastic tool for dispositive planning, meaning how do I control the disposition of my assets upon my death? I had a life insurance trust for my children. My wife being seven years younger than me, when we first worried about planning for my kids' education, I put enough life insurance in place just to make sure that both of my children would have full insurance coverage if I died to pay for their college educations. That was a great tool, especially when you have somebody who's younger married to, uh, that you're married to, who may remarry and there could be a loss of the assets any other way. This guarantees that your children will have their protections. So that's, that's, that's a great, great point. So, um, so we were with some elderly people yesterday and they were concerned. Uh, they're in their 80s and they have not done, they did some planning 30 years ago because we did see that there was a life insurance trust in place. Haven't done any since. Okay. Um, and not that's a bad thing, but you know, they have two children and one of their children married a woman or married a man, I forgot which what it was, that they're a little concerned they don't want control of their assets if they pass, but under currently constructed and not doing a will, not having an updated will, not having updated trust, maybe that money could go to a whole nother family. And doesn't that happen? Yeah, it does happen all too often. Uh, it's the law of unintended result. So what we have to do is plan what are the contingencies and how do we plan around it? If, my, if one of my children has married someone that I feel is not of the right moral or uh, educational background to handle money, then maybe what I want to do is I want to hold my daughter's or my son's assets for the rest of their life, leaving a trustee to protect the child for health, education, maintenance, and support. They can get the access to the money but their spouse can't. And the joke we use all the time is that in-laws are outlaws. And, and, and that's a very important point because it, it may not be 
their current spouse. It may be one in the future. It may be two spouses down the road in the future. We don't know. But, you know, if you do the proper planning, you can control the future today rather than somebody dictating what happens to your assets tomorrow. Right. And irrevocable doesn't mean non-modifiable. So I can set up a a trust. That's a great point. Yeah, I can set up a trust and leave myself a, a, a power to change who the beneficiaries are and how they'll get their beneficial interests. By setting up that provision called the power to appoint, I can change how or who gets my money after I make an irrevocable trust irrevocable. Right. So I don't give my irrevocable life insurance trusts I, I, it's not that I make money off of your book with life insurance trusts, okay? It's not, I'm, I'm an insurance expert. But I give it to Larry because I know, and we probably did like five in the last two weeks yeah. for our clients for various reasons. Um, and a lot of it had to do with ownership and control in next generations. And, and ownership becomes there's a situs thing you know if they own it in a different state you can own a trust in a different state and be a resident of new york right utilizing the laws more favorable laws of a different jurisdiction which is very commonly done and it also gives you some access to some insurance products that you don't have in the state of new york so there's some advantages there um so there's a lot of advantage but there's another little thing in irrevocable life insurance trusts and all trusts that is so vital, that is so not understood. And that is two words. One is trustee, and one is fiduciary. So can you tell me what a trustee is and what a trustee's responsibilities and who should be the trustee of your trust? Yeah, so let's start off, what is a trust? The legal definition of a trust is the methodology by which we separate the legal and beneficial ownership of property. The people that you wanna give stuff to They're the beneficiaries. The person who controls this, like the president of a corporation, is the trustee. The trustee is the legal owner of the property, but bound by the terms of the agreement. So whenever we reference a trust, we always reference the trustee of the trust named whatever the new new trust name is. And a fiduciary, the, the trustee is a fiduciary, a fiduciary is the person who has the highest burden under the law. Uh, Plato described it as the sacred, the trusted, the most honored. They are bound to the highest standards, and if they make a mistake or if there's a loss, they are responsible for it. So I'll tell you where this comes into play with irrevocable life insurance trusts in particular, because that's what I'm most familiar with. So essentially, if we're paying a premium for a life insurance policy, it should be paid out of the trust if the trust owns the policy. I'm going to tell you how many times that that doesn't happen. Because people don't put the money in the trust to fund the life policy. They try and pay for the check personally. La da 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 da. Anyhow, so the, the life insurance company itself sends the bill every year to not the insured, but to the owner, to the trustee. Correct. Now, if that bill is not paid and that policy lapses, then there's no insurance, and that trustee is on the hook, correct? According to what you just said, as a fiduciary. They can, in fact, be on the hook. Right. And not only that, but if you're the insured and you want to take care of your family and you set up a trust and you have a trustee, 
and you and that person falls out of favor whatever you need to know that because that trustee needs to notify you of anything or any changes in possibility we had a situation a couple weeks ago where the trustee was the attorney who drew up drew up a trust he's no longer in practice trustee we looked at yesterday or the one who drew the life insurance trust is no is passed away so this hasn't been looked at in 30 years he's passed away there's no notarized copy of it so i don't even know if it's in effect it's not in effect i do have a tax id but i'm just saying it's it's this is this is a problem so we had a situation where we had term conversions available to people who are now unhealthy in a business situation owned by the policies were owned by a trust and the trustee never notified them. And now they can't get new insurance. Now they have a real disposition problem of their business and or their family life. So that's why having the right trust work and having the right attorney do the right documents is critical. And working with us, we can make your problems go away or solve problems that you don't even know you have yet. Or even lessen them. Exactly. <laughs> Planning minimizes problems. So today we're with Larry Shear. Larry, how can they get a hold of you? 516-747-7007. That's my telephone number. And the name of your firm? Shearer and Pudel. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here today. And if you need to get a hold of me, as always, please ask questions. Free to help you. 631-647-4694. Have a great weekend, everybody. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.